0: Beyond the Wrench with Jay Gananen from Finder Wrench. Welcome to Beyond the Wrench. I am your host Jay Gananen and I'm hoping you're all having a great week. Today I am joined by my business partner and really good friend Mark Wilson. Mark has been really influential in my business life and his extensive background in business should prove helpful to all of our listeners. For this episode, I get to pick Mark's brain on what we should know about the recently approved stimulus package and bring our listeners behind the scenes of the platform we're in the process of launching. Mark, thanks for joining the podcast. How are you doing today? I'm
1: good, Jay. Glad to be on, hopefully uh, first of many times on this, but yeah, hopefully uh, next yeah. time we'll be we'll be sharing beers in the same room doing the <laughs> podcast and not, not doing this social distancing anymore.
0: I hope so too. And I, uh, I'm definitely going to take you up on that. I'll probably ask you about a million times to be on this podcast. So I appreciate uh, you sharing your time with us. So to get started, why don't you give us a little bit of your background and even kind of what led you up to our partnership at Find a Wrench and, and kind of you have an intriguing background and an intriguing history. What led you to this point?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's kind of a long road as we all have. And I started my career in public accounting, uh, really enjoyed that. It, It taught me a lot about business in general, did the whole public accounting thing at a large firm for a few years. Started work with a lot of technology clients and saw that's the area I kind of wanted to be in. Uh, so I, I went to a startup in uh, Madison, more of a CFO role that quickly grew. We actually were acquired by Microsoft and I took on some operations responsibilities as well. So that whole experience was kind of a whirlwind and also reinforced that in on the technology side is really where I wanted to spend my career, at least the next portion of it. So then I, after that period, started my own company. It was called TermSync. We grew that over a few years and were acquired in 2015 by a publicly traded company. Another great experience, still great friends with a lot of people there. That taught me a lot about growing a business from scratch, from more the CEO role rather than the kind of CFO side. So then after that, I stayed involved for a couple of years, always knew I wanted to be involved in another startup, just wasn't really sure what it was, kicked around a few different ideas, tried some things on smaller software side that around customer advocacy and employee engagement. Meanwhile, you and I, like you said, have been friends for quite a while. So we would get together and share kind of war stories about growing a business from scratch. And then I'd say, what was it, maybe six, seven months ago that we kind of looked at each other and they're like, We're both kinda of, struggling with where we want to take things and we have complementary skill sets where we we always say you know you like to do the things I don't like doing and I like doing the things you don't like doing so from a partnership standpoint that's a great place to start so it kind of went from there where we started saying all right what would it look like if we kind of joined our both of our small teams and created one one group that we can grow something pretty special with and that's kind of where we're at at this point I don't know maybe before we move on to the next question, you might want to even add a little to that of your side of it.
0: Well, what's funny to me was when we first got partnered up, you had borrowed my truck, and you also uh, own a a bar in the uh, same town that we're in, in Mount Horeb. And uh, you had borrowed my truck up to go get a fryer, I think, up uh, up in Madison. And it, you kind of made a joke that was I, I thought was hilarious was that, Little did I know like six months ago that I would be uh, driving a truck to Madison to pick up a fryer uh, while also run running a company that helps find mechanics for shop. So it, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. it, <laughs> I think the evolution was really funny. I, it's been a, a lot of fun to get you into the business and into the industry and, and just kind of show you uh, what we've had on this side. And it's been nice, uh, similar to what you said with, you taking over some of the stuff that I wasn't great at or that I didn't really enjoy, which is a lot of the product and accounting type stuff where I really enjoy the sales side and, and dealing with shops and tech. So it has been great. Let me ask you this. What have you learned about the industry so far? What, what have you, has there been anything surprising? Has there been anything different uh, maybe from your background as you've kind of come into this industry?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's obviously a lot. Any industry has its own unique um, Challenges, one, but just kind of the way things are done. And uh, like you said, I did kind of almost as a hobby, bought into a restaurant and then dove into that full speed ahead just to kind of learn. I think it's important to always, if you're going to do something, don't do it halfway. Um, Really learn what people are going through. Uh, One thing when we interview employees or I talk to anyone, it's all about empathy. I think the more you can put yourself in the other person's shoes, the the more the better you'll be in business and really in life in general so as i'm learning the industry i'm trying hard as we build the product to think about okay if i'm a shop owner or a manager what does this mean for me if i'm a technician looking for a job what what things am i going to care about so, yeah, getting back to your original question, I'd say the short answer is a lot. Uh, <laughs> I'm still by no means an expert in the industry, and that's one of the areas I think you and I work well together. You've grown up with it, and you, I think, forever will be, in terms of our partnership, that kind of industry guy. I, I'll pride myself on learning more and more as we go along. But it, it's been exciting so far to, to learn about, you know, the pride shop owners take in their businesses, how much technicians really do, and I've hired a lot of software developers over the years. It's kind of weirdly similar of the types of not just work that they do, but personalities and what they're looking for in a job and in business relationships. So it's been fun, but I think it's just the tip of the iceberg of starting to really learn and become an expert in the industry.
0: Yeah, I agree. And it's been a lot of fun being able to, to learn from you and apply things from other businesses into this business as well and into this industry. It's honestly really, really helpful in general. But So for today, we want to talk about how we help some of these business owners and even the employees through this difficult time that has been coronavirus and maybe some of the economic setbacks that we've had as a result. One thing that just got recently approved was this stimulus package and because of your background I wanted to get you on to really discuss what's in it what maybe shop owners should be talking or the people that they should be talking to who they should be reaching out or even just how to comprehend some of this stuff you you have a really good knack of being able to take some of the really complex stuff and and break it down for folks like me so bringing you on to to really break this down and uh, really just give us some level of feedback of what you've read and and how you think it's going to be. I guess just to start off with, what is your feeling on it? Is it good for businesses and their employees? Uh, it, what, what do you think is going to come of this?
1: Yeah, no, I think I was very impressed with what's included in it from a business and an employee perspective. Like everyone, I think I've been skeptical of some things that have been passed in the past. Um, this one, I think, of course over the next few weeks or months there'll probably be polls or unintended things that people didn't anticipate and that's going to happen with something of this size and how fast they they passed it but they had to pass it that fast i mean you and i talk a lot it's a scary time it still is but especially prior to this being passed you know you can be the best business person in the world but no one's planning for a complete shutdown of the economy and that's essentially what has happened So yeah, definitely there's a lot of good things in it. I think it's important. Not all business owners and for this audience, shop owners are going to be experts on it. But I do think everyone in that position kind of has a responsibility to at least learn the high level points that can affect them. So I would encourage people to spend a little time. There's a lot of great summary articles out there. Unfortunately, I've seen a bunch that just don't have the right information. So you got to kind of take that with a grain of salt. The best thing I think people can do is these programs for the small businesses, especially the one I'll talk a little more about, which is called the Paycheck Protection Program, that one is administered through banks. So I think your most shop owners have a, a bank contact um, that they can reach out to, and they're going to be the ones that have the most useful information even today they're still trying to figure it all out a lot of it is dictated by rules that the sba still has to put out guidance on so maybe be a little patient for a couple more days with your banking contact but there's some high level research you can do in the meantime and that's where i'm going to focus my area on today i think It's good to understand how it affects employees too with the $1,200 checks and increased unemployment insurance and a number of other areas. But I think for a Jay, you and I conversation today, I think it'd be good to focus on the small business portion. Even within that, there's three or four different programs. The one for this audience that I think is going to be the, the most beneficial and important for every shop owner to understand is that PPP program, the Paycheck Protection Program. Kind of, if you want, I can give you that cliff notes, at least my understanding version of that, if that's where you kind of want to go next. with it.
0: Yeah. And I, I just to, to break it down for the listeners, how, how many pages was this stimulus uh, that the actual you read through the majority of it, if not all of it? What how, how long is it?
1: I believe it's just under a thousand. I saw some that, you know, it was over a thousand. I, when I look at the actual bill, at least the PDF I have of it, it's like eight hundred eighty, I think. And a lot of that, any legal document, there's a lot there where one paragraph you can read 10 times and take different ways. But then there's a lot of it too that you can skim through pretty quickly. I think realistically, the PPP part of it can be summarized in five or six bullet points. There's more detail, but I read through it. I'm, I, Like I said, I started as a, in a CPA firm. I'm kind of a nerd. I was bored over the weekend and <laughs> I was reading all these articles about it that just, contradicted themselves so I thought it was kind of important just to all right I'm going to go to the source and suffer through this huge document and try to figure it out for myself
0: well the beauty of of what you do is that I think I would have made it through roughly about one percent of those 800 and whatever pages so you took it the whole next level And are able to kind of maybe break it down into edible bites for for me and and I guess a lot of people like me. So maybe uh, can you talk about those the the cliff notes of what you read and and maybe what would be important to small businesses. Yeah. And
1: again, this is going to be the portion of the paycheck protection part of it all. You know, Google that. You can find a lot of good documents, ask your bank contacts. But kind of the summary version is it's for small businesses. They define that as 500 employees or less. So probably almost everyone that's listening on here. It's expanded some other SBA programs that previously didn't include nonprofits and independent contractors, things like that. But again, I think most of the audience People, as long as that they have employees, I think this is probably the program that's going to be most beneficial for their business. The way it works is essentially you get a loan through your bank that's backed by the SBA. Unlike a lot of other SBA loans, you don't need a personal guarantee. You don't need to prove you can't get the fund somewhere else. And there's other kind of traditional guidelines or restrictions that they've eliminated for this program. It's all geared on keeping people employed. So you'll submit the application, which is yet to come out, but should here in the next, I'd say, week or so. You'll do that through your local bank. You can get a loan up to two and a half times your average monthly payroll. So they take that over 2019, but then there are exceptions if you just started your business or you're very seasonal or things like that. But basically it's, you should be prepared to show your payroll costs and figure out your average monthly payroll um, that includes salaries and health benefits and insurance, or excuse me, uh, retirement, things like that. But that's how much of a loan you can get up to $10 million. So if your monthly payroll is, Fifty thousand dollars, you're going to be able to get a hundred twenty-five thousand dollar "quote unquote" loan. The reason I say it's a "quote unquote" loan is the best part about this program by far is if you meet most cri- the certain criteria, you will not have to pay that loan back. So they determine that essentially it's based on if you keep people employed. So let's say you get that hundred twenty-five thousand dollar loan they then take the next eight weeks after you originate the loan and they compare your payroll costs then or your payroll expenses for that eight week period to a prior period so if you're still employing the same number of people and spending the same amount on wages you'll get hundred percent of that loan forgiven if you end up needing to reduce some headcount and do some other things there's formulas in there which we're not going to get on this bullet point thing where you'll still get some of it forgiven uh, just not the entirety of it. And then there's also restrictions for any employees that get paid over 100000 The Only the amount of their uh, payroll that up to $100,000 annualized can be included in it. So it's, it's a really useful program uh, because they cover it for an a eight-week period. That amount can be used not only for payroll, but again, remember, you're getting two and a half months worth and it's really forgiven over an eight week period. So eight weeks is not two and a half months. So that extra money can be used for paying your mortgage, paying rent, utilities, a variety of other allowable expenses in the program.
0: Do you know, yeah, sorry about that, Mark, go ahead.
1: Yeah, just the high level summary portion is, they're giving you a loan, basically based off of what you pay employees. times that by two and a half months that's how much you can get and then as long as you keep people employed they will forgive those loans if you have to lay some people off or you know for whatever reason it's not forgiven then it's up to i think a max of four percent interest paid over like 10 years or some amount but my expectation is the vast majority of people will take an amount equal to what will be forgiven. Because I think a lot of small business owners, when they originally heard the initial stimulus programs that were done through the SBA, those are great, but those are were still loans with personal guarantees and things like that, that. I mean, honestly, a lot of business owners are just hesitant on. These don't have that personal guarantee, and it's almost more of a grant than it is a loan, again, assuming you keep people employed. And the last point I'll make on that is if you've already laid people off, they account for that as well. So how they measure if you keep people employed is the eight weeks from the time you get the loan, you know, eight weeks from that date. So if you've laid people off and then you wait another week or two and you apply for the loan and you get it, that's the period they'll look at. And they there's some other detailed language in of Allowing you to bring people back that were previously unemployed. They're not going to punish you if you laid people off the last week or two when kind of the real craziness was going on and figuring out how businesses are going to survive. A lot there, but does that kind of make sense for you, Jay, on how much you can get, how it'll be forgiven, things like that?
0: yeah no that that uh, that was a great explanation now was there any detail in terms of the approval process in terms of say what will be forgiven or what the process is to even identify and uh, qualify for that piece of it, or is it more when I look at it from maybe an outsider's view in terms of applying for it and going through all that SBA process, is it pretty clear on what's going to be forgiven and maybe what's not in my opinion it's clear
1: on what's forgiven, but the application process, they still have to come out with what that is. So, I mean, the SBA, I'm sure they're moving as fast as they can, but they, it just got approved, you know, Friday or Saturday, whenever it is. So they, they have to come up with guidelines and the actual form. And um, it's not like they can just use the stuff that's already out there. So all the banks and the SBA are scrambling to figure out what that looks like. In general, getting your financials from both 2019 and so far in 2020 in order would be a good process for business owners to go through right now, especially any payroll reports, things like that, because proving how much you've paid people in the past and then how much uh, you'll be paying them during this period is kind of what triggers, I'd say, 90% of it. Hey, everybody. It's Mark. Just wanted to interrupt the podcast for a second. As we mentioned, things are moving fast. Um, while Jay and I were recording that, the SBA came out with uh, more guidance, including the application itself. So everything I just mentioned about waiting on the SBA, it looks like they've done that now. The uh, parts of the program remain the same as everything I mentioned. So I'd say talk to your bank. It's a pretty simple form from what I can tell and documents you'll have to provide. The big thing that I wanted to add and edit this podcast for is It looks like the first businesses can apply April 3rd, which is this Friday, and there is a total cap on the program nationwide, so I think some of these funds might go fast. I'm not sure if they'll be adding more, if there's more of a demand or what that is, but if it was me and for our business, I will be getting the forms ready, so then come Friday or whenever you first can apply, you can, so I would suggest doing that as well. Anyway, all right, back to the rest of the podcast later. to your question on what parts will be forgiven, that's pretty clear, like I said, it's almost the entirety of it is going to be what you pay people over those eight weeks. It's not like you can you know give three employees and start paying them a million dollars or anything like that because you're you're limited to that initially, how much your loan is is two and a half times your average monthly payroll from the past, but then say that total amount is $100,000, my guess is the vast majority of that that will be forgiven is based on what you pay employees during that eight-week period. But then there's some extra on top of that. So say you got a loan for $100,000 and kind of qualified payroll expenses that can be forgiven, maybe that totals $90,000. The other $10,000, can still be forgiven if it's used for things like utilities, mortgage, or rent. And there's a list that's included in the bill that we're not going to go through here. But
0: right. um,
1: you also can't take out a mortgage today and count that. It needs to be, if it's rent, it's a lease that was in place, I think, by February 15th. Same with your mortgage. You know, So they kind of cover their asses a little bit there. So people aren't taking out more debt and trying to get that covered. But in total, I think they did a pretty good job of making it very beneficial to small businesses. And the whole point is to get keep people employed, keep businesses alive. Of course, there's going to be some holes. I'm sure we'll read it about some companies finding ways to take advantage of that. Unfortunately, that's going to happen. But in my opinion, it's a great kind of lifeline for businesses that frankly were scared figuring out, do I need to lay everybody off? Is this going to end my business? There's still a lot of questions to be answered, but at least for a couple months, I think this kind of helps everyone breathe a sigh of relief. At least once they get through that paperwork process, they're supposed to be making it simple. We'll see if that really happens. Anyone who's dealt with SBA loans in the past, they're good at what they do, but they're not always the most simple. So we've yet to see what that'll look like.
0: And that's where I think having that good relationship with your, your local banker can probably help out a lot right now is just even answering some of those specific questions to your, to your specific business. And really, I think you've given us kind of the groundwork here of, okay, I, I need to figure out what my payroll is, my true payroll, and, uh, and talk to a banker about it. Is that the first call that our listeners should be making is, is to that bank?
1: That's what I would do. I mean, of course, like your lawyer, your CPA, maybe you work with someone on the HR side, they're going to be able to help as well. Banks are going to be the ones administering it. I'd be shocked if people listening to this, so we're recording this right now, Tuesday, hopefully we get it out you know, by tomorrow or so. I'd be shocked if business owners haven't already heard from their banks, but yeah. my guess is at least the messages I've received from the banks I deal with is you know, here's a summary of it. We're all still figuring it out. We'll let you know when we know more specifics. In the meantime, get your financials in order, get your payroll records in order. Um, so if you call your banks right away, they might not have the best answers, not through any fault of their own. They just don't know. But yeah, I think a good bank contact would be the person I would go with. And honestly, if, if you find yourself right now, Realizing you don't have a great relationship with any bank contact, once this is all said and done, that might be an area you want to change going forward because when things like this happen, they can be a true resource to help your business and shouldn't be looked at as someone just kind of trying to always sell you something you don't need. You need someone that you look at as kind of a trusted advisor.
0: Yeah, that's that's great information. I think the majority of our listeners are probably impacted by this exact stimulus package. Moving forward, do you have any advice as far as that return to normalcy or how you wait it out? Or is it just kind of taking it day by day and then figuring out your game plan from there?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's day by day. You and I have talked about this a lot for our own business. I mean, I wish we had the answers. We don't. It's important to put up a united front. You want to always be transparent with your employees, and it's okay to let them know that you don't have all the answers, but you're confident you'll figure it out. So there's kind of one conversation to have with your employees, which again, I would never lie to them and always be as transparent as you can, but also keep it in mind that they look to you for leadership in these times. So, you know, you do want to instill some confidence and not freak out too much. But then secondly, I think it's important for people to talk to other business owners or even advisors, lawyers, accountants, things like that. This is where it's helped you and I and my other businesses. I've mostly done them by myself and then I've always had a good network of mentors and things like that. But in this case, you and I have been able to kind of just frankly share in the craziness together (laughs) and, and it's okay to be scared. It's not a normal period. I was talking to a shop owner yesterday and he was trying to figure out the whole program and they all looked the same and he kind of missed the the whole paycheck protection part of it and thought it was all just a loan program. So hopefully we were able to get him looking at in the right area. But then also after that, I had a good conversation with him about, you know, none of us know. You feel his business, he had laid off a bunch of people and you feel naturally kind of like you failed. But in this case, it, that's not, not true at all. I mean, no, no. one saw... No one can predict for, like I said, the economy completely shutting down. And I think anyone who's a business owner is very prideful and confident and almost a chip on their shoulder. So they're going to take it a little personal, like, I should have been more prepared. But you kind of got to get rid of those feelings and just make yourself realize that nothing like this has ever happened. I mean, 08 was crazy, but this is even more so than that. And figure out a plan to move forward. You don't need to have the answer of what it's going to be a year from now, but we're looking at what are we doing today and this week? And and then kind of adjusting quickly and being nimble. That's all you can really do at this point.
0: Yeah, I think that, that whole empathy piece and the just – knowing that we're all in the same boat and there's not much, I mean, you can control what you can control, but there's a lot of things out of our control right now and just kind of maintaining your head. And that's easier said than done. I mean, to, to, from a leadership standpoint, to make sure you maintain confidence with your team and really giving them the confidence that, Hey, they will have a paycheck. Or if there is some level of worry that you're transparent with them, I can't tell you how much I, I appreciate your help in that regard and uh, managing this and like you said, it has been nice to be able to, uh, if we have a rough day, bounce ideas off each other or just vent, if nothing else. And I think there's a lot of value in that. I would encourage every business owner, manager, and, and even you know, with technicians, if there's uncertainty and you've got kind of those butterflies in your stomach because of it, uh, it's it's not a bad thing to go talk to somebody and just try to try to get that your feelings out on the table. Cause I think holding those back can be uh, really, really detrimental to your, your progress oh, moving okay. forward and can drive you nuts.
1: Yeah. And I think that's going to be, I think we're going to hear a lot of stories of kind of the negative side of that, of people that don't do that. And even just, I got a couple calls yesterday of investors from my former company, just reaching out to see how things are going. And I think part of it was they just wanted to talk themselves about it. And so I, I think if you have people in your network just kind of reach out and ask them how it's going or what they think and what they predict, no one's going to have the answers. But it's nice just to talk to someone who's in a similar boat. And I, I think the employee part is obviously the most important, but I think at least for you and I, Jay, I think that's almost the easiest is talking yeah. to our employees and but then kinda of talking to other business owners and showing a little bit that, you know, this is a scary time and it's we don't have to have all the answers right now. And that's okay. But just talking to other people that are in the same boat, at least personally, for me, that helps a lot. Yeah. And I didn't really realize that until the last couple days, when I did talk to other people, not that they gave me any answers I didn't have already. But I came away feeling a lot more positive about it, just knowing others are going through that, right? You know, people are and you know, you know, the right answers in your head. But kind of stopping those feelings and, and that cycle in your head of kind of going a little crazy. I, I've been just talking to other business owners is very important for that.
0: It does some wacky things with your emotions. I know that. <laughs> yeah. So in the midst of all of this, uh, one of the big kind of pieces of our partnership moving forward was the coming of top shops, right? So uh, we, we really did a lot of brainstorming uh, in terms of trying to come up with a platform that was really impactful for uh, not only uh, shops, but for technicians as well. Walk our listeners behind, like, into this as far as what went into the thinking behind a, a new platform, even kind of going into this tumultuous time, battling through this and, and really trying to work toward getting this platform out going back to the beginning stages what really led you to to really want to drive this platform and and what what benefit do you think shops and uh, and techs can get out of it even maybe an explanation of what it is i i don't know that i've really dove into this yet
1: yeah i was just thinking i don't think we've really officially mentioned it or anything we'll go through what it is and in the next week or so we'll come out with kind of more official things but for now we can kind of describe it but let me first talk about your first question of what led to it It, when we first started this discussion today we were talking about what I've learned in the industry and things like that one of the things I always say to new employees but in this case it was true for me coming into the industry is you're only new once and take advantage of that uh, because a lot of times fresh eyes on things the more you become an expert for the most part that's good Mm-hmm. but you also lose you start to take some things for granted and you kind of lose the forest in the trees or whatever that saying mm-hmm. is you know you get into the details a little too much and when you're new it's a great time to step back and again use that empathy to look at things we have products at wrench recruiting products to connect shops with great technicians we've done in my opinion uh you've done a great job of kind of streamlining a lot of those things adding a lot of value for shops and technicians without having some of the negative aspects that unfortunately some people think about with traditional recruiting agencies so we're always trying to fight that and none of those products are going away there's still a place for that but coming into this new when i looked at it it is different than a lot of other industries in the fact that pretty much every shop we talked to prior to you know, the coronavirus was actively looking for technicians. So there's a huge need. Everyone you talk to wants, whether they're officially looking or not, if you find someone good, they'll hire them. Then on the technician side, almost everyone who's good at what they do already has a job. You know, studies show that there's only like 5% or less that are actively looking for a new job. And then on the far end of that, there's 20, 25% that love where they're at currently they're not leaving no matter what. But the vast majority, 70, 75% of people, they're okay with where they're at, but they would be open to new opportunities. They just don't actually get out there and look and find what a better shot that they could work at. And once we dove into, well, why is that the case? It's kind of a pain in the butt right now for them to figure out where a better fit would be. So if you look at most company websites or Facebook pages, it's, All about the customer as it should be. So some have career pages, but even the career pages, they're built for the salespeople, the admin people, and the technicians. What was missing is something just for technicians. And then job boards, same thing, where all job postings that kind of look the same, Mm -hmm. they all have the same couple paragraphs. And I feel bad saying that because we have our own job board and we try to separate it, but there's only so much you can do on a traditional job board. So When you and I were talking about this over several months on kind of how it should be and had the benefit of having uh, some beers in front of us trying to figure (laughs) out and bring um, what we would build. And it all came back to if you're a technician looking to see what else is out there without having to interview at 10 different shops to figure out the real information you really care about, what would you want to see? And we use kind of the Zillow example. So for finding a new house, you're not going to just go to every open house in town or read a description about houses. You want to see pictures of the houses. You want descriptions of how many bedrooms and all the detail that go into that. And it's kind of taken for granted that you're going to do that with a product like Zillow. We wanted something similar that technicians could put in their address, pull up a map of all the shops in the area, And then go in and click on a shop and not just see the general two sentence about us page and that they're hiring an A-level technician and then a, a boring job description about that. We wanted to find out and we looked at when you go through an interview, what's the information that they tell you that then helps you decide if you want to work there? So we're talking specifics on compensation, same with benefits, not just that whether they do offer insurance or not, but who's it through and what portion does the employee pay versus the employer? How many bays are there? Are uniforms provided? Is there a tool allowance? You know, Is it a heated environment? a bunch of different kind of faqs none of its proprietary information it's all stuff shops should be willing to share some that we talk to do share it and it's on their site but really trying to figure out what companies share it and what ones don't and where it's at is a pain in the butt so anyway bringing it back we wanted to create basically something like zillow where a technician can just enter their address find shops poke around and look into a detailed profile of those And have pictures, not of the showroom or anything like that, but of the back area where they're going to be working on the cars or the heavy equipment or whatever it is. So that's where you and I, I think, did a great job working together on you bringing in the industry expertise. And then with a software and product background that I have, kind of doing that in a way that is going to be easy for shops to populate that information And then useful for technicians to be able to digest and read and figure out you know they're still going to have to go through an interview process it's just if there's 15 around them hiring they can probably narrow that down instead of all 15 that are hiring to pick two or three that seem to have a good fit for what they're looking for
0: yeah and i i think one of the major adjustments from a a shop's perspective with this is the transparency side and just it's different than what we've done in the past but At the same level, there's a reason why it's different and that's because there's some level of pull and there's some level of showing off a little bit of what you've got for a shop and and how well you're managed. It's hard. I think you and I agree that you could look at almost any job posting and almost all of them say we have great culture. Well, normally a great culture, great management. Normally it's the manager that says that. (laughs) So uh, being able to truly give a technician the honest real look of what they would be walking into is really, really helpful. And I give you a lot of credit, Mark, from the standpoint of you stuck to your guns with the building this for technicians, because I I think, as you mentioned, we have our own job board and it can get bland at times. So this, this allows a different level of transparency. Uh, If I'm a technician and I know that I, you know, I need this benefit in order to make a move anywhere and I don't know that ahead of time going into a job interview and I take a half a day off of work to go interview and then find out that the one thing that I need they don't have, it really can be detrimental to anybody's uh, job search and really, I don't think the transparency is just about money either, right? Like I I think there's a whole other element to it where, you know, if benefits aren't as important, maybe the money is a little bit more important. Or if it's, you know, the money's not important, but the flexibility is is your most important thing. This will be able to kind of pull back the curtain a little bit to see what's behind there. and, And from a technician standpoint be able to find the best fit for my personal situation. And I think that's really what we try to drive home with this platform is, is that transparency is there for a reason. And that's a, that's a big thing for technicians. And I, I applaud you for uh, sticking to your guns with that because that's been, that's been a driving force of why we built this platform in the first place. And I think it, it's a really, really cool thing. And I, I think there's going to be some, level of adaptation needed from shops to to be transparent. But as you said, too, there's there's a lot of shops that are already really transparent. This just gives a really, really good platform to be able to, to lay out their uh, their story a little bit.
1: Yeah. And I think using that example of if you have a good shop or a good technician in front of you and you're trying to sell him or her on working there, the information you're willing to share, that's the information that should be on here. We're not asking for you know, copies of people's W-2s or anything like that. Salary ranges are okay as long as it's within a reasonable range. You can't put, you know, 20000 to 150000 You got to make it somewhat realistic for people. And then figuring out from that technician what's going to get them. So we used your dad shop as an example, and they kind of gave us a tour and we were taking pictures along the way to put on their profile. And then we realized when we load the pictures, it's not nearly as good as in your dad shop, Josh, the service manager, describing why that's important. So adding captions to the pictures of, you know, this new piece of diagnostic equipment we have, it saves techs this much time because it does XYZ, or here's a picture of our parts ordering area, any part that we don't have on hand, we're able to get within a couple hours or a day. And they're in a very rural area. So I was surprised at that. But those are things that technicians, you and I have talked to hundreds, if not more of them, those are things that people want to find out, like you said, before they are going to take the time to officially apply and take off work and come in for an interview. And none of it should be proprietary. And some of it is a little scary to put out there. But also, I think what people have to realize is nothing's going to be perfect and check all the boxes, right? So different technicians want different things. Some people A smaller shop, like we work with some really good ones that aren't in a position to offer health insurance, but they have, you know, two or three techs on their team who get their insurance through their significant other, and that works for them, at least for right now, and that's okay. There's a group of people that they don't need that, or there's another group that, you know, the Some other type of benefit is more important to them or being able to, you know, make up time later and not have to use a vacation day if they have a doctor's appointment or whatever it is. Different things, just like on the Zillow example, not everyone's on Zillow looking for 10,000 square feet mansions. It's finding the right fit for the technician, and there's just a much better chance of doing that through something like Top Shops to get them in the door rather than expecting them to scroll through a job board with a two paragraph job listing that looks identical to the 150 (laughs) others that are available.
0: I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think it's uh, it kind of circling back to a point that you made earlier. I, I think this was made possible by a fresh set of eyes on the industry, right? I, I've been around it my entire life and I I, uh, I think I get jaded sometimes by the way things have always been and uh, to bring you into the fold and, and kind of get a different set of eyes on it and see, you know, really what what is it that we're missing here? And I think that transparency was a big, big piece of that. So... I'm beyond excited about launching this platform. I think it is good for our industry in general. You and I have had offline discussions about not only bringing more people into the industry, but keeping the ones that are here already in the business. And there's uh, there's times where we're losing really, really good qualified techs to not even competitors, but to different industries altogether. And uh, and talk about a brain drain that once, once they're out of here, they're gone. And it, we lose a lot of talent that way. So hopefully this brings that ability to keep some of those people in the industry, attract people that are interested in the industry to come in. And I I guess for me, being around the industry for so long, it's really gratifying to see that I truly believe we're producing something that could have a big impact on the industry in general. And I think you kind of feel the same way, right?
1: Yeah, I definitely do. And I mean, when we first started talking about working together, we kind of came up with two longer term goals of what we want this to be. The first connecting technicians with the shops that are the right fit for them. And the products we have currently um, on the recruiting side do that. Top Shops is going to take that a step further. And I'm really excited about that. And then the second part is getting more people into the industry. We're not going to go through that now, but you and I have talked about ideas for that in the future, and you know, later this year, next year, at some point, there are things we're going to be uh, releasing for that as well. But Top Shops is kind of a first step here of bringing more transparency and getting those people that aren't thrilled with where they're at to at least look around and give them a feel of where where it could be better before they, you know, take a job in a completely different industry. It, It might just be the specific location that isn't working where they're at. And honestly, I think it'll drive competition among top shops too because think of all the clients we have most of them do a great job with their pay benefits things like that but you know very well we work with some clients that we can tell them all day if I was a technician you know you you're not offering the best pay the best work environment the best anything else not even the best just average I think some people just don't don't believe that or they're kind of lying to themselves and exposing some of this information I don't think shops that do provide a a poor technician experience are going to sign up and we have to be okay with that. Um, I think only ones that are proud of what they have are going to be transparent to put this information out there. And I think that's tough for us as business owners, because of course we want to sell every shop that's out there to sign up on it, but it's realistic that we kind of only want the ones, like I said, not just the the very best ones, but ones that provide a, a good technician experience
0: well and for us building this platform to technicians and to what their preferences are was such a big piece of this and quality that's driven by top shops or i feel like that the quality of shops that are going to be on top shops to me if i'm a if i'm a great A, B-level technician, C-level technician, whatever it is, and I have the opportunity to look out there to see what is the best fit for me, I truly think that's the quality portion of this is so critical, and I think this is a a great way of doing that. So I'm looking forward to getting this thing kicked off. Uh, You and I have been a part of uh, some demos already, and based on genuine, I guess, feedback from shops, I, I just am really, really excited about getting rolling with this thing.
1: Yeah, as in my, let me ask you this, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, yeah. but as we've talked to several shops about it, what do you think's been the most surprising thing or like thing we didn't think of before or, cause you know, there's going to be more of that too. Anytime you release a product, this, yeah. you're going to have a lot of things you didn't think of or even things that you didn't think people would care about and they do a lot or things they're scared about disclosing that you thought wouldn't be a big deal do you have any ideas or thoughts?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for me, what I've been most surprised by is uh, most shops willingness to be transparent. I, you know, I think my, my level of resistance, just knowing a lot of folks in the industry uh, would be, you know, maybe they're, they're not, they're going to shy away from putting what they're paying or putting benefits out there. And I've been pleasantly surprised with how many people want to be transparent because I think they know it's going to make their lives easier. But I genuinely going into that, that was my biggest reservation was like, okay, how uh, how transparent are shops really going to be? And discussions that we've had with shops, I've been really, really surprised with what they're willing to put out there. And I think looking back, that was the the one thing where I'm like, oh no, if if they don't put uh, if they don't put that information out there, then we're in trouble. But I, I've really been really impressed by what people will put out there. You know,
1: yeah, no, I would agree with all that. I think a surprising thing for me was some of the smaller shops being reluctant to like every small business kind of wants to puff their chest out a little bit and show that they compete compete with the big guys. But some of them we talked to that have awesome they're great places to work employees love it there but they might be a little hesitant because they don't offer this or they don't offer that and that that was surprising to me a little bit it makes sense but I think for me just you know I love working at small businesses and I for instance we hire software developers here so we have to compete with the biggest companies that offer a ton more money and all the weird benefits you can think of or you know i say weird but i'm sure a lot of people like some of those but yeah. we sell the fact that small is good you get to work with a small team you know you're involved with the owners it's a family feel same type of thing for shops there are a lot of technicians want that and they don't want to work at huge places and then conversely a lot of technicians want to work at a very large company that maybe they can move around if they want to or have in their eyes a little more stability I think it'll be challenging for us to get people to be comfortable in their own skin. Everyone that we talk to is definitely proud of their shop, but yeah. it's almost like it's okay to put that out there and sell that as a benefit, not as a negative of your smallness is what a lot of people are looking for in that case. so I think that's a challenge you and I will have jada i I didn't realize the level of that reluctancy there'd be, we're overcoming it. Don't get me wrong. But I think that's something that we need to keep pushing independent shop owners, especially on that. Be proud of what they have. And there's a lot of technicians that want to work for places like that.
0: Yeah. And I completely agree. And to, to maybe even add on to that even further, one of the kind of interesting parts about top shops is in order to be a top shop, you have to fill out certain criteria. And what I've been surprised with is how many shop owners actually like that. They they want us to to enforce that. And really, again, going back to the quality thing, if, I, if I'm a tech and I know that there's good quality information out there, then I'm far more apt to go look at that than I am just a typical job board. So all around, it's been a learning experience for me in not having that product background and uh, really the depth at which you've thought through a lot of this and in our team in general, you know, our marketing team, the, even our recruiting staff and, and the developers, it's been a a really, really big team effort. And it's been, it's been fun to see kind of everybody work at this and everything from naming to you. I've had multiple discussions over a logo for it and all this other stuff that doesn't come directly to mind, but there's so much that goes into it and and into get to the point to where we're close to releasing this thing i i'm just extremely excited
1: yeah so mine it's just getting started and i forget who said it some you know famous investor i believe on the software side that if you're not embarrassed by the first version of your product you waited too long to release it so right now we're excited and i think we're right it is it looks awesome it's very valuable for all sides a year from now i think there'll be tons of things we didn't even think of and um, it'll look a little different and Um, that's part of the process too and it's uh, on the product side it's never done and that's a good thing it's not like it's done and that's how it's going to look 10 years from now it's always improving and the sooner we can get it in front of people the, the better input we can have and we can theorize on it all day but I'm excited in the next month or so or a few weeks I guess to get it out into the wild and get people using it and providing feedback.
0: Well, Mark, it's, it's been a blast uh, getting to work with you even more cl- uh, closely over, over the last few months and just bringing more brain power into this industry in general. I think the world of the team that you've brought to Find a Wrench and, and to, you know, the, the way that our, I guess, the, the two companies combined and really just a, a lot of synergy between everybody, it's been really satisfying from my end to see. And, and I'm really, really looking forward to what we got coming.
1: Yeah, same for all of that. It's definitely been fun. Uh, I don't think the listeners need to hear me talk sappy about how much uh, we've enjoyed working together, but no, it's true. I look forward to it as well. And hopefully, like I said, the next podcast I'm on, we can be in the same room and maybe drink some beers and talk business over it. But until then, we'll, we'll keep doing these over Zoom and from different buildings. (laughs)
0: Well, thanks for being on. uh, And uh, we'll, uh, we'll have you follow this up with something else I'm sure very, very shortly. Thanks, Mark.